Good morning, gentle listeners. This is Twaint recording just a tiny segment to plug at the beginning of the episode, which is why you're hearing this as you hit play. But there is a slight trigger warning because I talk very briefly, honestly, very briefly, about some abuse issues from my childhood. So, um, that's just a trigger warning. I believe that is my number two. So if you're worried about that, you can just fast forward through, um, that segment. Enjoy or don't or skip it, whichever. Okay. Okay. Oh, Boys on my right side, boys in the middle, and you're not here. Need a big loan from a girl's own. I need a big loan from a girl's own. I sister quaint. That was. Caught a light sneeze. That was Saint Tori Amos. She's so great. She and she, I don't know what she's doing nowadays. She's still recording albums, and they're, I'll tell you what—they're no good. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, you, yeah. Oh. I looked her up. I for, I had that same thought. Like, I wonder what she's up to. So I like looked her up, and I was listening to some of her old stuff on Apple Music or whatever. Yeah. And then um, I noticed she had some new albums, and I listened to them, and I was like, oh, these are no good. Great. So that anyway. happens a lot. But that was called a light sneeze. Came out in '96. If if I uh, remember correctly, she wrote that about her heartbreak. Um, when she uh, broke up with Dave Coulier. N- <laughs> that's <laughs> someone else, right? I know someone else. No, no. Dave. Oh, Alanis Morissette. That was Alanis. Coul- no, no. Her breakup with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Oh. Because there's a part of the song where she's like. Um, Something, something, pretty hate machine. Oh, that yeah. was, yeah. Anyway. Did you know that um, when Alanis Morissette says, does she go down on you in a theater? theater that that's about Uncle Jesse <laughs> or Uncle Joey. Which Uncle one? Jo- Joey. Jesse was the hot Jesse one. Jesse was the hot one. Anyway. I didn't think it was hot. Um, can I tell you a story about Troy Amos? Yeah. What if you were just like, no. And then you just <laughs> moved on to the next segment. So You're the like, topic no. so for today. Topic today. So... When I was on my LDS mission, I had a girlfriend. Mm-mm. I did air quotes. Um, <laughs> because we became boyfriend and girlfriend while I was on my mission. Ask me how that works. I don't know. Like, mm. we weren't dating when I left. By the time I came home, we were dating. Anyway. <laughs> so she took me to, like, I had been home for like a week or something. And she had bought tickets for us to go see Tori Amos in concert. Okay. And I thought it was the most <laughs> sacrilegious. Really? Oh, I just thought it was so evil and oh. wicked. But I was trying to, like, be cool. <laughs> like, I didn't want to, like, be a square. And so yeah. I went and I, like, had fun. Oh. In finger quotation marks. <laughs> but really the whole time I was just thinking, like, this is so satanic. Like, I yeah. should not be here. You felt which, like the spirit was not with you. Which is so funny because what, like, I mean, Tori was, as then was kind of, like, sexual. Right. But I don't remember her, like, being, like, like sacrilegious, sacrilegious or like 
I don't know. Anyway, I don't that know. was special. Well, so, I, I wanted to mix it up from 80s. We've been doing solid 80s, solid, solid, 80s. solid gold 80s for a long time. So let's get into the 90s. Uh, I mean, not right now, but I, I mean... I don't. I don't. I hated the 90s. They have some good music. Um, Just go ask your Siri to play hits from the 90s, and you'll be God. surprised what bops come will, along. Will I be surprised? Like will a I? getting jiggy with it? Oh, fuck. Anyway, this is Hot Drinks. This is Hot Oh, I'm Sister Twain. Latter-day Twain. You're the, the Sister Latter-day Twain. To, not to be confused with... <laughs> with Early-day Twain. Or, or, with, with early, like, Pioneer-day Twain or Paradisical Glory Twain. Oh, or... Uh, or I can't. I was trying to think of another weird word like paradis, paradisical, but I couldn't. You can... Uh, I am Brother Jack Coffee, and this is a podcast <laughs> that you're listening to. If you guys didn't know, it's called Hot Drinks. Yeah. We're drinking drinks right now. Mm-hmm. We're drinking Sleepy Hollows. Yeah, because you can't get enough of those in the fall time. You got to drink them all before the Christmas season, because then we start bring, drinking brandy milk punches. Oh, my God. And, and then and then uh, our first Christmas after reuniting, like right. four years ago. Our first Christmas together. We did mold wine and listened to oh, the Carpenters, I think. That was amazing. That was. And we do some drinks with a wine floater. Those are good. Oh, my God. It's so Christmassy to do that. <laughs> anyway. We have so, a live studio audience tonight. <laughs> it's Lil Twaint. Lil Twaint. Let's hear it for Lil Twaint. Lil Twaint, make some noise. <laughs> oh, and in and in case you follow us on Instagram, which you should, it's hot drinks uh, on Instagram. Instagram.com yeah. hot, 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 hot Oh my god. You might have seen uh, that we posted about some fantastic podcasting equipment we've received. Yeah. We're not using it yet. Oh, we so if you're like if you were ready, you were like, oh, this week the audio so, quality is really gonna step up. We're so, we're not using it yet. So there's this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Sweet D and Dennis go to the gym oh mm-hmm. for the first time in like forever. And they both are, they're talking and they're really excited and they're wearing their cute workout clothes and they both get on treadmills right next to each other and they're getting ready to push start. And at the same time, they look at each other and they're like, you know, I I, I don't think I'm ready for this. That's kind of how I feel when I look at the podcasting equipment. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. Tonight was not the night. Um, Speaking of. When I posted that, we had gentle listeners who were like, finally. (laughs) And then we had one who said. Oh my God, I, can I tell you how glad I am because, and I'm just uh, choosing the delivery here. I don't know how she actually would have said she it. She has kind of a Southern accent because <laughs> I know her IRL. <laughs> oh, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, she's like. I think. She's like, I get migraines yeah. because of the, in, the fluctuation in volume. And I, this, and, but I still listen to it anyway because that's how much I love you guys. I but, know. But next get week. Migraines. Next week. We're going to get it together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Hot Drinks is a podcast about. Mormonism. Mormonism. Ex-Mormonism. Sex Mormonism. Sex Mormonism. Rex Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Mor- Chex Mormonism. Flex Mormonism. I'm um, really flexible in the bedroom. In I'm I'm flexible with my Mormonism. I'm not actually at all. Oh, Mormonism. you're just like oh, no. You're one. Am, you're on one I end. I'm hetero. Mor- Wait, I don't know. I don't know. You're. I'm trying uh, to make a joke and it's not working. Okay. Anyway, anyway so um, so that's it. That's our podcast. I'm really flexible in the bedroom. Um, Do you mean that like with your flexibility on the sexuality scale or with your actual like stretchiness? Um, both. <laughs> stretchiness. My legs can go all up around all the d- degrees, 45 degrees, 36 degrees. And your butthole is tighter than your vagina. No, Wait, the other, the way, other around. way around. Little twain's here. Little twain's here. Did Lil Twain not already know that? I think she did because I'm sure I told her. 
Anyway. Anyway. So, um, Carl, have, I had some, we have a, some women's, women's work. work. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, uh, I'm, we're not going to get into this because we don't want to bore listeners who haven't watched this, but I have to talk about it because of the impact it had on me. I finished Fleabag. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. For, have you seen both seasons? Yes. I've rewatched both seasons. I, I might have to. Oh, I might have to. You guys, if you have not watched Fleabag, it's the best it's, show on it's television. It's Amazon Prime. I don't have an Amazon Prime account. I asked for my best friends from, from when we were 15, and she lives in Colorado, and I asked her if I could have her login so I could watch Fleabag. It's the best show oh, on television. Oh, my God. So each season's only six episodes. And they're like 30 minutes long. Right. So it's basically like two movies. Yeah. So like, don't feel like, oh, I've got to get through my list of stuff to watch yeah. that gotta finish first. Got to finish three more seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Right, or Put whatever. Put that on hold. Put it on hold. It's always going to be there. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to put that out there, and... Oh, my God. How much do you want Hot Priest to hold you down and spit in your mouth? I just, I want him to, like, do that medieval Catholic thing where they would, like, inflict physical pain upon you to relieve you of, like, release your your sins. sins. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I want him to just, like, press his forearm against my throat and just hold me down. And do you want him to recite scripture? Oh, Jesus. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I didn't know that until you I said did. it. You're and welcome. I was like, oh, damn. You're welcome. Uh, it was my birthday this week. Oh, congratulations. And, and congratulations. You, you were working. You did it. I did it. Uh, I'm 44. Fuck all of y'all. Um, I went to see Judy, the oh, movie. I still need to see it. Yeah. Um, little Twink's boyfriend was there uh, with us and Little Twink and some other friends. And... Ten minutes in, he looked at Lil Twain and he was like, um, I, I don't think I can do this. I need to go devote this time to something positive. And I was like, good for you. It's pretty fucking depressing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, her life was. Oh, my God. Well, it's about Judy Garland. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and then tonight, and this is my last bit of women's work. Okay. Um, Lil Twain and I saw Joker. And uh, we're watching along the movie. We're watching along. Merrily rolling along. along. And um, at a very pivotal moment, let's just say when Joker is reading a letter, this sound, this particular sound started, it came through the speakers. Imagine if someone came right up into your ear and for 10 minutes straight went... And okay, so everyone, I you probably spit, spit all, all over, over you hands. and your iPhone it's eleven, 11 sex or whatever it is, eleven sex. <laughs> but and um, uh, everyone's holding their ears for like thirty seconds and just paralyzed. And I look at little Twain, and she's looking at me like, "Ah, oh, help me, mom!" And so I am the only one in the goddamn audience that gets up. I open the door. You open the door, and everyone outside the door can hear it, and they all turned around. And I, I just pointed behind me. <laughs> it took them 20 minutes to figure it out. Once they figured it out, they started at the beginning of the movie. And we watched them fast forward to the part, not to the part where we left off, but through the entire movie. Like, the, like little like scenes, like fl- flashes of scenes, because it skips like every five, ten minutes or so. And everyone's screaming because we're seeing the end of the movie. And then they tried again go through the end of the movie and we're all screaming again. 
And then the guy finally pokes his head out of the window, you know, where the ca- ca- where the camera the projector, projector is. And uh, he's like, so what part did you guys leave off on? And I was like, the part where he's reading the letter. That was me, that twaint that said uh-huh. that. And he was like, oh, okay, thanks. And then he's fast forwarding slower this time. And so when he gets to the scene where he's opening the letter, I, everyone in the theater is like, woo, yeah, yeah, woo. So he stops, and then there was no sound at all. Anyway, we, it's all figured out, and we watched the whole thing, and it was fucking crazy. And, and I, I don't want to talk about that as much as the crazy experience. Did you have any women's work? I have one little bit of women's work. So um, we love our gentlesters so much, uh-huh. and we get a lot of lovely letters and and uh, notes and lovely packages. We got a package, a lovely package with tiny bottles of alcohol so in it. So cute! They're so cute. Um, which was so kind. But almost without fail, everyone who sends those letters or notes or packages says, I don't want to seem like a crazy stalker. Or creepy. Or creepy. Yeah. Or they're like, like someone, I didn't see this one, but someone like saw me in real life uh-huh. and then messaged us on Instagram that they had seen me, but they didn't want to say something because they didn't want to be creepy. Yeah. You guys, we fucking love it. <laughs> we love it. Like, we started this because we don't have any friends. People think that we're kidding about that suit skin. Skin skin suit. Oh, where we want people to make skins out of our suits? Yeah. Suits out of our it skins? It would be an honor. It would be an honor. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't joke about that, though, because that's creepy. It is. Cr- that's so creepy. Guys, don't. don't gentle don't listeners, don't bring us. that up again. Don't, mur- don't murder us, but. God damn it. And don't use plastic hello, straws. Please say hello. Yes, we love it. In, I mean, if I'm person... like at dinner with my mother, then maybe don't. <laughs> or just say, I just wanted to say hi, I love your coffee. That's our code word. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's I like good. That. I don't... And then I'll know who you are. There's no one off limits for me. But, uh, but other than if I'm with my mother, yeah, you're fine. You can say hi to me anytime, even if you see me having sex in public, which has happened. It really has? Oh, yeah. Like where? I mean, do you want the whole list or? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We'll have a we'll we'll do that. That'll be another top. Little twain's here. Come on. I know. I know. Okay. So um, we're gonna take a break. Take a quick break. But we decided to we decided to have a bit of a spooky topic this week. This is mildly it's Halloween. Yeah, we're we're bringing you a top five. It's been like a month. And it is the top five. Will you say it? Because I'll say it wrong, and then you'll think it's something. And different. that's okay. Whatever. Okay. Just top five things that scare us. Yeah. Or spooky. have scared us in the past. And mine are spooky. Some of them. Okay, cool. Anyway, we'll see. Okay, bye. Break. We're back. I don't know if we need to say it, but everything that we say, see it through the lens of Mormonism. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have a new drink. Oh, since the break? Yes. Okay, what is it? It's called a Boulevardier. Or a Boulevardier? I don't know. Oh. It's like a Negroni, but it uses bourbon instead of gin. I mean, so it's bourbon, capari, and Neg- sweet vermouth. Negroni. Uh, m- <clears throat> when I taste it, I feel like I grow like testicles. Oh God, I love a Negroni. And uh, but I also love testicles. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, my so the top one, five things that scared us. Yes. Um, or maybe still do. I mean, I have some that I shouldn't say because it might be really gross. Oh, okay. Like it has to do with my son's penis. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay, the first thing that came to my mind was when I was a little girl, I had a recurring nightmare. <gasps> my first one's about a recurring nightmare, too. Shut okay, up. So okay. okay, literally, this was the nightmare, and I would wake up crying. I would wake up, my pillow would be wet from tears. I would be in a restaurant. Okay. 
and I couldn't find my mom. Right. And I was in this restaurant, and it was just full of cowboys. <laughs> and it wasn't like a saloon. It was just a normal restaurant. Like a gay, It was a gay bar. <laughs> it was and, a gay bar on Western Night. And I'm going around to all these men, and I'm terrified of them, and asking if they've seen my mom. And then, for some reason, I decide to check... The movie theater that was next door or in the mall. I don't know, you know, how... It was a gay porn theater. You were in the, you were in the Castro. <laughs> and I walk into this theater and it's empty except for maybe like two people and my mom. And the movie, some movie's going and my mom's smoking a cigarette. <gasps> I love that. I love that that's the scary finale. And sometimes if I couldn't sleep... That nightmare would just occur to me as a memory, like, oh, remember that nightmare that I had that one time? And I'd start crying again. (laughs) What I love about that is if you're picturing all this in your mind, like you, this little girl, walking into a theater in the middle of the day, it's empty, (laughs) there's some weird movie projecting on the screen, there's only a couple people in there, like, that is kind of spooky, like, that's kind of a scary image. And then the real, like, the twist is not that, like, the Babadook is in there, (laughs) the twist is that your mom is smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah! She was smoking a nicotine tobacco cigarette. Do you guys know the Babadook's a gay icon? Gay icon. Yeah, for some reason. Okay, Baba anyway. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so, so that was one of your great fears, that yeah. your mom would smoke. What, did you have any reason to believe that, that, that she might smoke? Or? Never. Right. In fact, it was like, never, ever, ever. Was that, was that, with, without, without the realm of possibility. It was outside of the realm of possibility. I don't know your mother, but what I do know about her, I feel like she would rather, like, suck on the, like, tailpipe of a car that's yeah. running than yeah. smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Because that's not against the word of wisdom. Exactly. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, she yeah. She would rather put a lot of things in her mouth oh, before gosh. a cigarette. Yeah. Like, maybe even poop. Probably. Yeah. I mean, really, probably. No. Isn't oh. that crazy? Because I was thinking, like, someone's penis, but then that's also a then sin. Then she wouldn't ever. No. I don't know. I bet she's never done that, actually. Um, Gone down on your dad? Is that uh, where this is going? Fuck. Speaking of things that scare Speaking us. Speaking of. But. Uh, you can't picture your mom being like, I'm a little cum slut. Ah! She would say it to get a reaction out of me, but only if she was in a good headspace. Would she really say that? Um, she probably wouldn't say cum slut, but one time... I don't think my mom knows what the word cum means. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I think she knows what it is. Oh, my God. I don't think she calls it that. Oh. I uh, literally have no idea. Oh, Why God. are we talking about this? I know, I know. Anyway. anyway. Uh. Speaking of, like, fears, so we were going to do an episode before I was like, let's do top five. We were going to do an episode where I just told a story about something that I haven't talked about very much at all with anyone... Uh, that has to do with my dad and stuff that happened a year ago. And I think you're one of the few people that know everything. Oh, like, really? From, from the summer to the fall yeah, yeah, yeah. to him going yeah. uh, to some places. But, <clears throat> and then I was like, literally, I was like, I texted you this evening, early this evening. I was like, no, nope, not ready to Can't tell it. Not do to, it. Let's yeah. do a top five about things that scare us. <laughs> <laughs> like this story. Yeah. But we do... Um, you know, we are going to start a probably semi-regular feature mm-hmm. that will be called Sharing Time, perhaps, perhaps. where we just share a story of, yeah. from our lives. Uh-huh. We'll see. Anyway. Yeah. So my number one thing that scared me as a child, and perhaps still does, mm-hmm. is Slim Goodbody. 
Do you remember <gasps> Slim Goodbye? Okay, he was a guy. He had like kinky curly hair. Yes. White Jewish looking dude. Yeah. And he wore a suit that was like skin. Yeah, Speaking he wore of skin suit. a skin-tight body suit. And it looked like your insides. And it had, like, the organs painted yeah, on it. Yeah, it had your digestive system, yeah. your And he was on, like, a PBS show or uh-huh. something. I loved it. I don't remember him having his own show or if he was, like, a guest on someone else's show. But I feel like we I would watch it at school show. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So only everyone who's young, everyone who's younger than like forty, is like, "What the fuck are these two talking about?" Was it? Did you not find it like so oh, oddly erotic? I was terrified. Of oh, him. okay, not erotic. Like I would have. So speaking of childhood nightmares, mm-hmm. so I was always kind of uncomfortable. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I was scared of him in the waking hours. Like oh. when I saw it on TV, I don't think I was like freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have nightmares frequently. Mm-hmm. Where I would be home, someone would knock on the door. Oh my god! I would open the door. No one would be there. I'd go back in the house. Mm. Someone would ring the doorbell or knock on the door again. I'd go open the door. No one would be there. And then I would go outside to look to see who was there. And then I would hear the door slam behind me, and it would lock. So I couldn't get in. I'm shaking the door. And then who would pop up in the window? Slim Goodbody. <laughs> <laughs> like he had locked me out of my house. And was going to, like, take over my life? Like, I don't know what the fear was exactly there, but that he was going to somehow take over my life. Are you going to find a picture of Slim Goodbody and yeah, post on our Instagram? for a little twink. Oh, and for Instagram. You should post on our Instagram. So we do a feature normally called uh, Weird Things We Found in Brother <laughs> Coffee's House. <laughs> it's so bad. But, um, but for this week's, instead of something weird we found in my house... <laughs> We're going to put a picture of Slim Goodbody so that everyone who is younger than 40 knows what he looks like. Wait, let me see that picture. Ta-da! It looks like he's going, ta-da! I mean, it's kind of weird to, like, have a thing for children where, oh, wait, what's happening? Google Lens, what does that do? I don't know. Who's this guy? I don't know. Anyway. Chef Chef Brockett? Chef Brockett? I don't remember any of that. Okay. So, yeah, I was scared of Slim Goodbody, but specifically of... um. The fact that he might lock me out of my house and take over my life. I don't know what, like, I don't, like, I think that was as far as it went. I don't know that I thought he was, like, murdering my family or something. Yeah, yeah. It was just that he had locked me out of my house. So I was very scared of and him. And it looked like, looks like the end of his large intestine comes through his penis. It kind of does. Yeah. We'll post I mean, lots of pictures. that's a little weird. Yeah. Like, why is there a, why is there a man in a skin-tight suit teaching children things? It's good to know about your body. <clears throat> your good I mean, body. I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. But maybe... <laughs> Anyway. So your recurring nightmare. Right? <laughs> if, if Okay, so you would you would open the door twice and no one was there? I don't remember how many times I would open the door, but it was like, there was always a point. Because I think the dream happened in different forms and different versions. Uh-huh. But there was always a point where I would get frustrated that, that I was opening the door and no one was there. So I would actually step out of the house. Right. Because I think at the in the beginning, I would just open the door and look and uh-huh. no one would be there. So uh-huh. I'd close the door. Yeah. But then they would knock again. Uh-huh. So then I would finally like step out onto the porch and look. And it's not like I walked out to the street. No. Like I would step out of the porch and then suddenly the door would slam behind me. Oh my God. And, so and he would lock be- it. And would he like appear like like popping up like uh-huh. whoop, and yeah. would he be smiling like he always yeah. does? Oh, Jesus Like it Christ. would just be like this TV show. <laughs> like like he'd like pull the curtains open in our living room and like lean and look out the window. <laughs> like, hi, friend. Yeah, like I can picture this all because my mom still lives in that house so like oh, that I grew up in. And so I can like picture it in my mind like what it looked like when I was a kid and where he would, you know, 
what, all the stuff. What I wish I could figure out or investigate or attune. Attune? Is uh, divine as yes. a verb. Is what Slim Goodbody represented oh, yeah. in your psyche? There, like, I wish, I don't know. Angel that, Moroni? Do we have a gentle listener that's a psychiatrist? Oh, yeah. Like, well, there's oh, Philip we, Seymour Hoffman. We do. Okay, so Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, I know that, I don't know that psychiatrists actually interpret dreams. Well, she's not a psychiatrist. She's a therapist. She's a therapist. But, but anyway, I, mean, I don't know that you interpret dreams. But I feel like it's got to be something about this thing that was sneaking up on me. Maybe Slim Goodbody was my my homosexuality and I was like I could hear him knocking but I didn't want to open the door and then he kicked me out of my house will you dress up as slim good body for Halloween uh I've considered it actually <gasps> but I don't know where you I mean and I'll can... dress up as my mom smoking a cigarette <laughs> let's take a break okay we're back oh man um so I once famously said, no one cares about your dreams. Oh, yeah. But what I have learned now, because in the break, Lil Twain told us about a dream she had, which I won't explain in detail, but it involves Jack Sparrow being naked and saying, are your parents home? Are your parents home? Um, But what I, so I will amend my no one cares about your dreams statement to people definitely want to hear about crazy childhood dreams you had that scared you. Because those things are funny. They're great. Your mom with a cigarette. Jack Sparrow with his dick <laughs> yeah, out his, saying, I am parents home. I am parents home. And Slim Goodbody. And Slim Goodbody just popping up in the window. So what was the number two? What's your number two fear thing that scared you? thing you're still scared of? Um, my dad. Well, okay, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not still scared of my dad because in his older age, and let me clarify, really old age did not make my dad uh, gentler. Okay. Alzheimer's did. Uh, okay. Yeah, which started probably, I mean, who knows how long. So there's seven stages of Alzheimer's. Right. And who knows how long he was in stages one and two, uh, or, or three, stage one, two, and three. Because when he got diagnosed, he was in stage four. Oh, right. And then um, we have a good friend um, whose name I won't say, but uh, her mother passed away from Alzheimer's and, and was diagnosed. By the time she was diagnosed, she was in stage four. Oh, okay. So there must be something to that. Um, That's but, when it becomes more obvious or something. I guess so, where you're like, okay, let's get this tested and find yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but no, I was scared of my dad my whole uh, childhood. There were times when it felt safe to not be scared, but then something would happen and his rage would just kind of like yeah. rear its ugly head, kind of like slim good potty <laughs> in the window. But um, I remember, I don't know why this was particular fresh in my memory because you know you think back on like is that my earliest memory of that you know so I was probably maybe four or five and my mom was so it was a weekend so my dad was home and my mom was going to go out and like do her thing she liked to do things on her own and and which is great I um, a lot of people don't like to do things on her own. It's just dumb. But she would go to the movies. She'd go to the mall. Um, she would go um, to this gym to do aerobics because it was the 80s. And um, for some reason, I thought it was strange that she was leaving me alone with my dad. And I remember being terrified the entire day. Really? And I mean, let's, let, let me clarify. I... There's always some fear involved with my dad, mm-hmm. like I said, until he got Alzheimer's. 
Um, and until was he, like abusive, and until I started drawing clear boundaries as an adult. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, my dad was abusive. Oh, okay. Um, we won't get into how, but it wasn't sexually that I know of. I mean, who knows? But who knows what we'll <laughs> yeah, what we um, you know, shut down. Uh, trigger warning, by the way, gentle listeners. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, but no. And I just remember being terrified the entire day, and uh. I was doing this coloring page because I was like thinking, I literally do not know what to do with myself in this house with my dad. Uh, and I, for some reason I was scared and he was like, why don't you color this? And gave me a, a coloring book and I colored this giraffe and I didn't color outside the lines. Mm-hmm. And when he acknowledged that I did not color outside of the lines, I felt safer. How fucked up is that? I've, I feel like Philip Seymour Hoffman needs to do a call and response episode to this episode. Call and response. Anyways. Was, it, was there a sense that he, was it something to do with him being like the patriarch or like, was there a connection to kind of that like, that Mormon oh, like I, father I, figure kind of thing? I'm sure there was that. And, you know, we're Southern people. Right. So that's very patriarchal. Um, and, uh, uh, and just, you know, uh, just not knowing when my dad's rage would decide to rear its ugly head. Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, isn't that fucked up? Uh, yeah, well that's, I'm sorry I had to go through that. Anyway, but what happens, well, you know, but then eventually what happens is you figure out the things that make your parents laugh Mm -hmm. or you figure out the behaviors that make them upset. So you do them less Mm -hmm. or you try to do them less or even if it's something that's not bad and it's just something that's authentically you, you still try to do it less because it doesn't, you know, and I, I figured that out for the most part. And then when I became an adult, um, I drew some, I drew some boundaries. Yeah. Uh, I remember being a very young mom and my girls were, were little. Um, I don't know if I had my, my first son yet or not, but my dad was visiting and he did something really like, I don't want to say ragey, but he got upset and threw something across the room. And I told him later, I said, you cannot come into my home if you do that again. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so what's your number two? Is it clowns or something? Uh, it was. It's kidnappers. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, because we were grew up in the eighties, right? Like, yeah. I think it's such a weird phenomenon because I don't think my kids were ever like afraid of kidnappers, Mm-mm. like as a concept. No. I mean, obviously, like kids all have kind of a sense of like stranger danger, or they get nervous around people they don't know, or you know, whatever. Yeah. But like when I was in, um. When I was a kid, I lived in constant fear that in, at any moment I would be kidnapped, <laughs> like taken away. Because our parents instilled that in us, and that was around the time that that, uh, well, Ted Bundy. Yeah. And, and he lived around here. And there was that kid uh, in Texas. No, not in Texas. But the kid who had been missing and then they found his decapitated body in some stream and his dad is the guy who did uh that America's Most Wanted. Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 Okay. All those stories were so and big. Like a, and his dad's also like a crazy Republican like nut job. Oh, yeah. Great. Anyway, um 
I know. And the funny thing about all of that is like when we were kids, even though there was this great fear of kidnappers, we were like allowed to just kind of roam free and go wherever we want and walk to school ourselves and all that stuff. And now no kids do any of that stuff. But we, but like we don't, we're not afraid of kidnappers. Like it seems like it, when right? we're afraid of kidnappers is when we should have not let yeah. the kids wander around. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, yeah, I just was always afraid that they were coming for me. Yeah, I had a dream once. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I have an episode where I'm sharing two childhood <laughs> dreams, where I woke up. I was in my bed asleep and I woke up. So that's what made this dream especially fucked up. Because when you are sleeping and then you wake up in your dream, like you think really, you actually woke up. But in your dream up. you wake up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I woke up and I, um, and no one was home. <laughs> and I just somehow knew that. Like, no one's here. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. My cat's coming to clean your hair. Okay. And then, um, so I got out of my bed and I walked down the little hallway at my house. And at the end of the hallway was the, like, the hallway kind of turned and went to the front door. And the front door had a window in the door. And I started walking towards the door and then a cane appeared in the window, like a crookneck cane mm-hmm. that you would use to walk with it. Yeah. And written around the edge of the crookneck, it said, I am a kidnapper. <laughs> and I just woke up like screaming, like screaming bloody murder. Isn't that amazing? How are we not famous and making pictures? I don't know. But don't like. Know. But, like, what the hell? Like, the kidnapper <laughs> took the kidnapper. time to ride it on a cane? <laughs> but also, like, for real, if you were walking towards your front door and you saw a cane stick up, that would be scary in and of itself. Yeah. But the fact that it stuck up and, like, held still long enough that I could read, I am a kidnapper on it, <laughs> is pretty crazy. Oh, my God. So, kidnappers. Oh, And your dad's rage. Oh, yeah, that. What a fun time. Yeah. Let's well, take we a should put a trigger warning on this. I know. We really should. Just for that. Okay, bye. We're back so, for numero, numero trois. trois. There you go. Good job. Good job. We did it. We did it. Um, so this was a real fear my freshman year of high school. Okay. Uh, I didn't want the kids at my bus stop. Okay. To know, so this was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I I didn't want them to find out that I went to early morning seminary. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and it wasn't because you previously had been their porn dealer, <laughs> and you had found that porn magazine under the no, under the that trailer. Was in, that was in West Monroe, Louisiana. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. So these were different kids. Like I was really like so when you're oh my god when you're that age and and like. High school, first year of high school is really scary. And it was a big high school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And my mom or my dad would pick me up, or not pick me up because I live with them, but they would drive me to early morning seminary every morning. And that was it. 5.45. So crazy. In the morning. Uh, Maybe six. I can't remember. But, and then... I just remember when we drove by, we, ha- we drove back home. We had to drive right by the kids at the bus stop. I would run in and get my school stuff and then go to the bus stop. And and then finally, eventually they did. They were like, where are you coming from every morning? Which is exactly what I was afraid of happening. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that fear is, like, I have to tell them that I'm the Mormon weirdo in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know. 
Isn't there something... So I was talking to our Lord and Savior, CJ and Christ, about this tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't there something so weird about... Because, like, if you think about being a Mormon, it's not <laughs> easy. Like, it's difficult. There. It makes your life harder. Yes. You know, uh-huh. like you have to get your kids up at 545 to send them to this early morning seminary. Yeah, and drive or, them. you know, on a Sunday, instead of going through like a lovely drive through the canyon or on a hike with your family or just laying in your bed and drinking coffee, you have to get everybody dressed in like uncomfortable clothes and go sit in a meeting house for three hours. Like there are so many things about it that are like harder, but like people keep doing it. <laughs> I know. Like, and so what's the like? Wh- what's the dopamine rush they're getting? You know, like there's got to be some reward that they're f- that they're feeling oh. in the moment. Oh yeah. To to continue to do it, or is it all just that like you're sacrificing it all because you think you're going to get a greater reward later? So, when it was me doing it, and mm-hmm. you know, we were the kind that dotted all the T's and. Wait, no. Dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. Or we believed that we had to. Of course, right. no one no one can really right. dot all the T's and right. cross all the I's. But I know I said that wrong. Um, but there was something, and this is real, that if I wasn't doing as much as I could, I had trouble sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about when you were a kid or when you were like an adult? At all times. Okay. At all times of my Mormonness. Have trouble sleeping at night. Or I'd have anxiety throughout the day because uh, I started my day and here we are. It's noon. I never had my morning prayer and morning's over. Yeah. The anxiety I would get just from that. Um, But I think people really invest all that time and energy is because they really fucking believe it but i just feel i it's it's just interesting to me and i wish i could talk to like a psycho like a like a psychotherapist or like a a a neurologist about it you know what i mean because i feel like there's gotta be like we don't do anything in life i don't believe i believe that when you when you boil down all emotions to you know to their core essence there's pain there's like pain and love or mm-hmm. fear and love, mm-hmm. you know, and we are, we are taught to avoid things that we're afraid of and we're taught to go towards things that we love. And like so much of Mormonism is pain and is fear and is shame, mm-hmm. like yes. so much of it. Yeah. And, and regardless of like where you are on your, on your current Mo, Exmo, Postmo, FOMO journey, yeah. like that's just the truth of it. There's so much about it that is, that is. That is, like you said, feeling like you're not measuring up or feeling like people will make fun of you or making these sacrifices that like require you to get up early in the morning. And mm-hmm. like I have I have teenage kids. If I had to get them up to get somewhere oh, by 545, you'd, you'd all be screwed. Like I barely get them to school yeah. by like 730, exactly. you know? Exactly. So I just think like, what is it? What is it that you're feeling in that moment that you think this is the right thing to do? You right, know? right. I, I... You know, I just know that it's the Mormon church does an amazing job of making us scared. Yeah. Um, I, my parents freaked out when my brother wasn't married after a certain time on his, after his mission. Uh-huh. Like, what is that fear about? Yeah. But it's fear. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's really what it is. It's, it's like it teaches you to fear everything else yeah. so that you cling to the church because it's what gives you like safety and security. It, that's it. It's what tells you that everything will be okay. That's it. 
Bingo. Bingo. It's just so, it's so crazy to me because I just think like, like for me, that was what, I mean, I haven't gotten to like my own story in a lot of detail on the podcast, but like my ex-wife left the church. I was still going to church, even though I had come out to her and we were figuring things out for like several months. Yeah. And the thing that finally like broke my shelf as the Mormons say. Yeah. Um, is the fact that I, I came home from church one Sunday, I flopped down on my bed, I was tired, I was in uncomfortable clothing, I was stressed, I was unhappy, and I just thought, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I going to this place every week that when I come home from it, I feel stress and anger and anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't I just stop going there? Right. And, and I did, and then I was fine. I mean, not that I was fine, like, obviously, like, I still have a lot of right. problems, and I'm fine. but like, but like, all of that stress and anger and anxiety went away. Right. You know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just think it's fascinating that 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 people are conditioned to do these things that are so difficult. Uh huh. In and not that we shouldn't make sacrifices or or do, th- or do, do hard, hard things, things in life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, but do things that are so difficult with seemingly no reward. Right. The reward is. Less fear. I really yeah. think so. Because, no, I think that's true. Because I think we easily traded when we were true blue believers. We easily traded um, the fear for anxiety, depression, frustration. Yeah. Yeah. We, those were prices we were willing to pay as long as we didn't have to feel the fear for our souls. Yeah. And it's like that was why your parents were willing to go through that sacrifice of getting you up every morning and getting you to seminary by 545 because somehow that assuaged their fears <laughs> that you would become like a slutty, horrible teenager. Yes. Like that was their weapon against you oh, becoming yeah. like a drug addict yeah. or a big whore. Oh, or... oh. And oh then, yeah. And lo and behold, you became a big whore anyway. <laughs> They did all that work and you're a big whore anyway. I know. Oh, my God. I was just having that thought the other day, but it was more about how I had a 4.0 in high school. And look at me now. I'm, you know, I'm making $15 an hour. <laughs> so. <laughs> and yet there's some asshole that is working for some software company and lives in in Draper that's mm-hmm. making like seven figures. Yeah. I hate living in this state. Anyway. Anyway. So my, are we in number three or number you're, four? You, we need your numero trois. My numero trois is not very exciting, but it is. Basements slash the dark. Oh, nice. I am. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I would say I'm not currently afraid of the dark, but I was afraid of the dark into well into my adulthood. Like my late teens, early 20s, I was probably still pretty afraid of the dark. I'm not anymore. But when I was a kid, I had my mom install a dimmer switch in my bedroom, which I said was about saving electricity. Oh my God, oh <laughs> but it my was God. Because really I was scared of the dark. Uh, and I would, like, let's say the dimmer tur- was turned up to 100%, and then I would get ready to go to bed, and I would turn it down to like 92%. Like, it was like oh, uh, basically my, yeah. on. God. Because I was so scared of sleeping in a dark room. Yeah. I also had a room in the basement. Um, and, and I also did that thing, which I think all kids do, so this is not unique to me, where you have to turn off the lights in the basement and you try not to like run as fast as you can out of there. You try to just like walk calmly out of the dark basement. Yes. But you still are like... In terror. Te- absolute abject terror. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I still have that a little bit. Where like if I'm turning off the... Like like if I was go- getting ready to go to bed tonight, well, yeah. I mean, I would just tell Siri to turn off the lights because right. she does that all for me now. <laughs> But if I had to turn off these lights, I would not turn off 
all the lights and then walk through the dark room. No. I would like turn off the lights one by one so yeah. that I was still had light until yeah. I was like headed up the stairs. I wonder if that's something that we all have to not be able to see a thing. Like you, like I've been in theaters, like uh, not movie theaters, but um, actual theaters of, of like acting stage the mm-hmm. drama stuff um, where all the lights have been out uh-huh. and I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And that's fucking scary. Yeah. I went to tonight. I went. It, so if you do, I wonder if people outside of Utah understand this phenomenon. I think it happens in other places, but I think it happens a lot in Utah. But Utah has a huge like haunted house thing mm-hmm. in in October. I don't think it happens as much in other states. I mean, I know it exists, but in Utah, it is like insane and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these places you can go and walk through these haunted houses and whatever. Yeah. And they are huge multi-million dollar businesses. You know, they charge like $40 a ticket and they have hundreds of people go through every night and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I went to one tonight um, with some people that I, it was like a work activity with some people I work with. And the the last room in it is you like you know those like plastic curtains that hang down in like a food locker or something. Oh, so you yeah. kind of push through those and yeah. you went in a room and it was full of smoke. I don't know how they did it, but it was full of smoke and then there was a really bright light at one end of the room and you could not see a thing because oh. the the smoke was like illuminated. <sighs> And so you walk in this room and you're just like, Shit. I don't know. And it was probably the scariest part of the whole oh, house. Oh, right. And there was nothing that jumped out at you in there. Oh. But it was just like the fact that you were like in this, like I had, and I was the one in the front. And so people were like, how do you know when you're, where you're going? I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't. I'm just walking. <laughs> and I eventually like found a wall. So I had my hand running along one wall, but like you could not see a single thing until Finally, you get to a curtain on the other side and you part it and you like come out of the smoke. Oh. Anyway, oh, it was like, I held my breath the whole time you were explaining. It was like when Jesus said that those were the times he was carrying me. That's what it felt like. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's take a break. I was just looking at these segments that we've put down before us here on this day as we gather <laughs> as we gather here together today and i thought tomorrow morning like a bunch of people are gonna like listen to these <laughs> it's really wild you guys it's really wild oh, no. I but we love you all it. for I it try not to think i really it. don't think about it that often and that's why sometimes i say things that i regret because i'm like oh shit people listen to that oh when people are like i listened to that episode and i'm like really here's the other thing that's that is interesting to me is people will message me the next day and be like, oh my God, when you said this, and I'll be like, I literally have zero remembrance of that. (laughs) I feel like I like block them out of my memory as we record them. I think I do too. Isn't it crazy? Because sometimes I will, sometimes I listen on Monday and sometimes I don't. It just depends on what's going on in my day. But when I do listen, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is great. This is really good. Remember when we had like three listeners and we would finish recording an episode and then we'd listen to it? Yeah. Oh, we would listen to it before we like went home. I forgot about that. And it's because we thought, I mean, we only have three listeners. We might as well give this a listen as well. We might as well be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, So anyway, we're so glad you're listening. Oh, we are. Uh, What's your number four? So my number four is not necessarily relationships, but it's all the stuff leading up to it. Because it seems like more often than not... When you're into someone and they seem into you and you seem like you're on a trajectory to eventually become a couple, you don't get to that point. 
and it ends in heartbreak. Oh, okay. Like I, like, like the person saying, actually, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Or I don't want to see you anymore. Right. Like you never made it official, which is not something I, I mean, I don't know. That's a, there's a security in that. Sure. Of someone saying I'm your boyfriend or I'm your girlfriend or where this is my girlfriend, Ash or whatever. Uh, which hasn't happened to me for a while, and I, it's not something that I necessarily crave, but I do crave connection. And then generally when you get connected to someone, it starts on this trajectory. To where, that it's going to end? No, that it's like, oh, we're we're getting to know each other more. Right. We're getting more physical. We're spending more time together. We're talking all the time. It, this looks like it's on a trajectory to become a couple, and then it seems like... Somebody says, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And so in all of that buildup, which should be fun and exciting, I'm just terrified. Okay, good. I'm just terrified that the person on the other end is going to be like, after all, no. And that's probably really healthy for the relationship, that you have that good, healthy fear (laughs) and that good, healthy dread. Grounding in reality. Just as just as things are starting to really like blossom and bloom, (laughs) that you're just really You've got that good that good dread inside yeah. of you. <laughs> I'm sure. There's, I think that's important. I'm sure there's something to be said for you know me manifesting. That. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but it really, I get to a point where I'm so fucking freaked out that I text all my friends. I screenshot things. What What do you think he said? What I mean meant? You know? Do Do you think everything's okay? Right. I ask people for tarot readings. Right. right. Um, I've even gotten tea leaf readings, palm readings. Um, just like, because there's this, there's this dichotomy, right? There's this one part of me that is enjoying becoming connected and this one part of me that enjoys the buildup of the physical, um, you know, like you're letting him go to second base kind of thing. I mean, no, he goes to all the bases usually on the first date. Right. Um, but it's just like, I have this connection with someone and I also am physical with them. And both of those together is really exciting. And the more we see each other, it becomes more and more exciting Uh and what have you. But then on the other end, but at the very same time, there's this simultaneous energy of like, I'm fucked. It's going to end before it gets to a real place where it can become a real thing. Do you think when you get those like tarot readings or, uh, you know, tea leaf readings or whatever, you're looking for confirmation that it's going to end. Like you're, you kind of want them to say, oh, I see it. So you can be like, I knew it. I knew this was coming. No. Okay. What I am looking for is just an understanding of what the fuck's going on. Okay. And it's usually stuff I already know. Sure. Oh yeah. Anyway, what's your number four? Four? Uh, four. Yeah. My number four is old people. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, shit. But. You know how some people think uh-huh. old people are cute and like, oh, they're so sweet. I think they're kind of uh, fucking scary. Cool. And especially as a kid, I thought old people were scary. I did not like what we used to call them handsome men, me and my brothers. They're, uh, the, they're the like, they're the like 60 year old men in your ward where like they'll be, you know, you'll be in, in, uh, in priest the the priesthood meeting where before you all break into your classes so it's like the young people and the old people all together and like 
And like someone will be like, uh, don't forget, it's the primary party this uh, this Saturday. So have your kids wear your swimsuits. And then a handsome man will say, uh, will say, uh, should we wear our swimsuits too? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And he'll do that like bullshit laugh. Those are handsome men. Oh. I hate handsome men. Oh. They would scare me. Oh, stop it. They're like cheesy and they would always, and they would just, they would always say like real heteronormative things to you. You right. know, like oh, you yeah. got a, you got a girlfriend. I bet you're chasing Ooh, the girls off right. with a stick, huh? Oh. So I hated them. Oh. I also, uh, even though I had very nice, genuinely lovely bishops growing up mm-hmm. who I think genuinely cared about me yeah. and were good people. Like I never had anything happen that was weird. Other than me learning about what masturbation was when my bishop asked me if I ever masturbated. But um, I was always terrified of going in to talk to the bishop. Because I just thought, well, what if I have been sinning and I don't know? I'm sure that has nothing to do with me being in the closet. Um, And then what's really scary are old ladies. I was going to ask about that next. So scary. Uh I remember one time when... So sometimes when you're like a young priesthood holder, you get assigned to go deliver the sacrament to like the elderly in your ward that can't get out of their house. Yeah. And I just remember one time going to this woman's house. I don't know who she was. I don't remember anything about her, but I just remember her house was like a total hoarder's house. Just like, just things stacked to the ceiling and like nowhere to sit. Oh my God. And so we went, she, she like let us in the front door and then she brought us back to this little kitchen again, just like, Dishes in the sink, like, piled to the ceiling and, like, books everywhere. And she had a little plate with a little square of bread on it and a little cup with a little water so that we could, you know, bless the sacrament for her. God. So we said the prayer on the bread. She picked up that piece of bread. That piece of bread was probably sitting there, I swear, for two years. Because she bit into it with, like, her gummy mouth. And it just was like. It just, like. It just crumbled into shards. This was not a fresh cube of Grandma Sycamore's, <laughs> y'all. This was a crumbly. So just picture this like this like old lady in like her house robe with like her stringy hair and like her milky white eyes, and then she you say the prayer on the bread, and then she picks it up and she's like, <laughs> just gumming this like. Oh my God. I mean, anyway, yeah, that shit's scary. Yeah. So I'm scared of old people, oh. and I mean, if we really want to get into it. I'm also terrified of growing old. So, well, there, so there it there is. We go, there we go. <laughs> I'm terrified of being a creepy old gay man. <laughs> I think about that all the time. <laughs> you know what you're going to do? What? You're going to still be alone. <laughs> and you're going to... You know what you're going to do? You're going to be alone. <laughs> I'm like, check. And Checks to, out. to avoid becoming that creepy old man, you're going to do something akin to what you do when you like... Connect with someone and you destroy your phone. Delete your apps, destroy your phone, right. uh, and burn your house down. You're just going to move to the mountains. Maybe. You're just going to be a, a mountain gay. Oh, an old mountain gay. An old mountain gay. Yeah. I want to. I'm going to go live with Abby Nadi in the mountains oh, and yeah. be an old mountain gay. Oh. Um, Lovely. <clears throat> Lovely. So yeah. There anyway, we are. That's number people. four. All right, gentle listeners. All right. Like a, all right. All like a last break. All right. Get I, became, all I just became Australian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a knife. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh my. Do 
do you boys want some bread? That, that was that old lady. That was it? Is that what that was? I don't know that she offered us bread because it was the sacrament. So she probably was like, you boys can't have this bread. It's the body of Christ. Anyway, so we're back. Oh, my God. We're talking about things that scare us oh, or scared us. Shit. So here are two items that didn't make my list. I'm not going to go into detail, but one was things coming out of the toilet while I was sitting on it. Okay, fair, like, fair. Like a skeletal hand. Right, right. But not just a bony skeleton hand, but a skeletal hand that looked like a flesh hand that had been burned. Oh, Jesus. Down to the bone, the That's black specific. bone. Um, uh, or a snake. Right. Or just uh, a person. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, another one that, that made my list that I don't want to talk about just because I don't want to give energy to it is men, just men in general. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> men are scary. I was afraid of grown men yeah. for many of my young years. Yeah. I mean, that's not surprising at all. Uh, no, but a legitimate fear. Oh, no, for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't mean that flippantly. I just mean like, I think, <laughs> I think, a sp- like, I think that's not uncommon for yeah. young women to be scared of men because men are treat young women like trash oh yeah and and yeah anyway anyway but the one that i chose to be my real number five and this one gave me a fear like the chemical dump that my body would do of of whatever chemicals that you know has to do with strong emotions oh my god getting caught in a lie oh i have the same fear oh fuck to the point that I think that that is why <coughs> I'm an oversharer today. Okay. Like, I will tell you way more than you want to know because I'm afraid of someone accusing me of omitting a truth or, or hiding the truth. Um, but, you know, when you're a kid... Like, if you've told everything, then... You can't be caught lying. Exactly. <laughs> because you've already given all the details. Yes. Um, but, I mean, and I remember once, okay, so my whole life I'm terrified of being caught in a lie. So imagine what that does to even to to even someone such as myself who was such a goody two-shoes when I'm in a temple worthiness interview with the bishop. Oh, yeah. Uh, interviewing to see if I could go do baptisms for the dead. Right. All those questions terrified me. Um, because, you know, in Mormonism, you never really know, like, have I been good enough to answer this question with a yes? Um, and so that was terrifying in and of itself. Um, and I remember my junior or senior year of high school, my bishop was giving me temple recommend interview. And one of the questions, I don't know if it still is, was, are you honest with your fellow man? And I had already lied to him about something, and it was probably being my tits being touched or right. masturbating, because right. that was the extent of it when I was that age. Um, and then he finished all the questions, and he went, oh, I forgot to ask, are you honest with your fellow man? And I was like, is that the spirit telling him that I lied? Because he asked me twice. Oh, yeah. And I was terrified. Um, and here's the thing. Sometimes I would get in trouble for telling the truth because I, someone didn't believe me. Oh, yeah. And so anything that had to do with honesty was fucking terrifying um, because when you're raised a Mormon, 
It's down to your thoughts. Yeah. Like, tell me, what, you know, what were you thinking when you did that? Tell me right now. And then you'd say something and then they wouldn't believe you or they try to dig deeper. Isn't that crazy that your thoughts were sins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just like, I, it just started or, like rolling through my brain. Like that whole scripture that like, if a man lusteth after a woman uh-huh. in his mind, it's like he's already committed the deed. And it's like, really? Like right. there's no difference between like, like having sex with a woman and thinking about having sex like right that, but having the self-restraint to say no like i'm not going to do that or exactly. you know whatever like somehow they're the same sin but but not confessing that you had that sinful thought yeah is just as terrifying as not confessing if you actually did it yeah terrifying that's why i was so fucked up is because i i had never done anything wrong as a kid i mean uh-huh. nothing yeah. like i didn't masturbate until i was like 28 uh-huh. um like nothing but i but i had thoughts i had like gay thoughts yeah yeah and so i so in so i was already committing sin right even though i never like held a boy's hand i never kissed a boy i'd never touched a boy yeah. you know like i never fooled around with my friends yeah. like any of that stuff that a lot of a lot of i think gay and straight kids go through where you're sort of experimenting and whatever uh-huh but somehow i was i knew i had sinned but that, just that, by thinking about it and that takes us right back to what we were talking about 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 fear being the biggest motivator when you're mormon yeah um and that anxiety and depression and exhaustion are all things that are absolutely worth it to avoid feeling that fear yeah but anyway when i would get caught in lies especially with my mom uh and dad, uh, just fucking terrified to the point where I would eventually just tell them the truth. Yeah. Um, and then the aftermath of that, it's just feeling shitty. The fear might be gone, but then I just feel like shit. And I don't experience that today. Right. Right. I understand that the concept of honesty, where honesty is all well and good, it's sure it's virtuous, whatever, but the concept that is touted, that is pushed when you're Mormon, and I I can't speak for other religions, um, it's like all or nothing, and all includes your thoughts. Yeah. And if you don't confess all, you might as well have lied about everything. Yeah. It's it's just fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. What's your um, number five? My number five, I don't know that it's a fear per se, but it's something that I think about a lot and that I, I don't know that I want to say I'm anxious about it, but it is the, it's, it's, I want to know what's really going on in Mormonism. Like the conspiracy of the uh, church, basically. Because I think like, there's a facade of Mormonism with the 12 apostles and the general conference and all these things and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> but, but there's really, there is really something much more nefarious going yeah, on. And it is you know? scary to think what the fuck it might be. Right. And I just think like, it's, it's pretty clear and I've had conversations with people about this, but it's pretty clear that the, the president of the church and the, the apostles are, are just kind of puppets and kind of placeholders for the real people who, run the organization and those are the people that control the money and yeah. control the land and control, you know, the investments and, you know, those kinds of things. Ugh. People whose names we probably don't even know, sure. you know, because yeah. they're so, 
they're they're protected by so many layers of other people uh-huh. um and and these law firms like Crichton McConkie who are you know that like this week like wrote an amicus brief to the Supreme Court saying that they wanted to make sure that Mormons had the right to like fire gay people or fire women or fire <sighs> transgender people like literally said that specifically like but we want to still be able to fire gay people if if we find out one of our employees is gay um Jesus Christ but like so i just think like it's 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 this organization with millions of people with billions of dollars literally and like and does it just exist to make the people that are making the money more money is there something else going on is there some ulterior motive like where where are the connections and i know this makes me sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist but i just think i just wonder a lot about the where all those connections go mm-hmm. and and what's frustrating to me about it and i'll just use that example of the amicus brief that the church filed just briefly i because I, I don't want to get into this this could be a whole other topic but um briefly there is a there is a case being heard in front of the supreme court right now where the the laws that define discrimination by the basis of sex which is kind of like which is kind of the laws that laid the groundwork for like not being able to like discriminate against women mm-hmm. where the definition of sex would does that definition include gender identity and does it include sexuality right mm-hmm. so those those cases are being heard the mormon church uh Crichton McConkie, the mormon church's like law arm wrote an amicus brief and had a whole bunch of other religions sign it but like Crichton McConkie wrote it so you know the mormon church was like driving the ship oh yeah and then submitted it to the supreme court and basically and i read the amicus brief because i didn't want to just like I didn't want to just have read some headlines or whatever. I read the 50 pages of the amicus brief. And basically in it, they say, we don't want to be forced. Like, we still want to maintain the right to fire or discriminate against gay people. They didn't say discriminate, but they said, we want to be able to, like, not hire someone because they're transgender. And we want that protected. We want that protected by the Supreme Court. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. So what's... what. And, and and I've said this before, I have all these Mormon friends and family that I love and that I care about and that I really truly believe love me. <clears throat> My Mormon friends and family have no idea that the church filed this brief. Right. And if I told them about it, then then they, that would be me doing something wrong. Oh, yeah. That would be like, why do you have to bring this stuff up? Like, yeah. why are you always stirring the pot? Yeah. Why can't you let it go? Why are you saying bad things about why the church? Why are you saying bad things about the church? So, like, it would become, like, if I told them about it, it would become my problem that yep. I brought it up. Yeah. But really, here is this organization that you raise your right arm to the square and swear fealty to, that you write a check to every month. And this organization is is petitioning the Supreme Court of the United States of America mm-hmm. to legally protect their right mm-hmm. to fire gay people mm-hmm. or fire trans people or fire women like it like the like if they get the protections that they want basically they can they can make a religious claim they can say like well we don't want to hire a woman to be the president of BYU because you know in our organization like those are not things that women's do and they would be protected to say yeah. that you yeah. know yeah. so so anyway, I don't know where I'm going with all of this, but I just think there are nefarious things at work mm-hmm. with the LDS church mm-hmm. and 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 whether the prophets themselves are the ones running all of that or whether they are just puppets and there is this bigger shadow organization that's running it. And I know I sound like a crazy person right now, but I just think there's some shit going on that yeah. we don't know about. And oh, yeah. I 
And I think all these people that I love and that I care about are just writing checks every month and like yeah. smiling and going to these meetings, uh-huh. but they have no idea like where that money is going and what they're actually funding. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's frightening. Here's the other frightening layer of that. If a believing Mormon were to listen to this, they would see, they would think, well, that's just how you see things. Yeah. And that everything that you just said is pretty spot on as far as this is what the church wants. Right. How fucked up is that? Why is that? Right. And like where I read this document, just in case you're wondering, is supremecourt.gov. Like you can <laughs> like the website of the Supreme Court of the United States. You can read a copy of the document yeah. the church yeah. that the church wrote. In the document, the church says, we don't want to they literally, this is a literal example they use. We don't want someone to be able to sue us if someone is a professor at a university, where could that be? Maybe yeah. BYU, mm. and then marries their same-sex partner and we fire them for that. Yeah. We don't want them to be able to sue, the, sue yeah. us. That's one of their examples. Shit. Like that's not me. Like that's literally what Crichton McConkie wrote in the amicus brief was like as an example of like ways that, the, ways that this could negatively affect them if the Supreme Court passes these protections to LGBTQ people. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Crichton McConkey sounds like I don't even know if it's Crichton. Is it Crichton or is it like Criterion? <laughs> Whatever it is, it sounds like a like poisonous metal that is from another planet. <laughs> like you got some Crichton McConkey in your blood? Yeah. Oh, it's Kirton McConkey. Okay. Really? Yeah. It's Utah's oh, largest it law firm. Anyway, Kirton. Kirton. Kirton McConkey. Uh, uh, Google tells me they're closed right now, and uh, they only have they only have two point three stars uh-huh. on their Google reviews. So take that, Kirtan McConkey. Can I leave them a review and be like this shadow organization <laughs> that holds up the profits of the Mormon Church's puppets? Anyway, yes, I've gone on way too long with my crazy conspiracy theories. But think about that next time your mom tells you to listen to a conference or it's to write a check. Frightening, but no one wants to think about it. Who's in it? I don't want no, to think of course that. not. And like I said, if you bring it up to them, then you're the crazy one. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. you're the problem. Why oh, do you have to bring this stuff up all yeah. the time? Why are you so angry? Why yeah. can't you just let that anger go? And, and here, and here's Why the, can't you just leave it alone? It goes, it goes up to the levels of their members who do not believe that the church has ever done conversion therapy. Right. They, they, they will, will, they'll die on that hill that that is something right. that the church has never done. Anyway, let's take a break and then we'll wrap up. You know what happens when you say Crichton McConkie instead of Kirton McConkie? What? Satan laughs. <laughs> so uh, don't say Crichton McConkie. Don't. Say Kirton McConkie. Right. I'm forever going to call it Crichton McConkie. Crichton. Crichton. When they're suing us in court. When Crichton McConkie is suing <laughs> Hot Drinks LLC in court. They'll be like, sir, the 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 defendants would like, oh wait, that would be us suing them. The plaintiffs would like to note that the law firm is called Kirton McConkie. And I'll be like, as I said, Crichton McConkie. <laughs> Because I like to make Satan laugh. I know. So the, this has been spooky for Halloween. Yeah, it really So has. spooky. Some scary shit. About rage, about old oh, people. And, and abuse. And about abuse. <laughs> about Kurt and McConkie. You just gotta laugh. You just about, gotta laugh about uh, it. Your basement. <laughs> just y- your basement. About Slim Goodbody. Oh my God. All the scary things. 
Um, I hope you didn't listen to this with the lights off. I hope you were in a well-lit place. <laughs> you felt safe. Um, I am so fucking tired. Sorry. And guess what, what? we're going to do after we finish recording this? And we're going to make a demi-toss. We're going to record a demi-toss. Now, if you don't the, know, yeah, our demi-tosses are special little mini episodes that we give just to um, our Patreons. And yes. if you don't, or to our patrons, which you, if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can find us at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hot drinks. Stop listening right now and write that down because you're going to forget until next week. Yeah. And you can sign up to be Patreon. You get extra demitasse. You get vlogs. You get a newsletter, allegedly, when I decide to finally put it together and send it out for <laughs> October. I'm sorry, everyone. We, we owe everyone the newsletter. And some gifts. Some gifts. It's all... It's, we have everything. It just needs to be piecemealed together. Yeah, we just got to do it. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to finish this episode, and then we're going to re- record a demitasse. And the demitasse is about a date that I'm going on. You guys. So if that doesn't get you to want to pay $3 a month, I don't know what will. Get your 72-hour kits together. Because I'm going on a date. Yeah, I mean, this this is like one of the seven, seven horsemen of the apocalypse. Nine? Well, there's more than one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, there's more than one. Wrapping this up. I don't know. What do we want to say? Like, I mean, there's some scary things. And I think that's, um, I'm, here's what I didn't talk about that I'm the most scared of. Okay. My credit score. I, we know. I know. We know. I just need someone to help me. Here's what we really need. If someone could just give both of us. Yeah. Like. 10 grand. Oh, I need way more than 10 oh, grand okay. to dig out. Oh, oh. <laughs> Like, just to give us a chunk of money, even if it's a loan. <laughs> oh I don't even want to put a number on God. it. But if someone wants to loan both of us a chunk of money, Stop. we'll make a monthly payment. That's uh, all I want. Are you okay if there's interest, though? Oh, totally. Oh, okay. But just a low interest rate. You low. know, like lower than what I'm already paying on my credit course. cards. Oh, I'll pay yeah. you back. I've never made a late payment on any credit card in my entire life. Good my entire you. life. That's amazing. Anyway. That's amazing. Um, so we hope you've enjoyed us talking about fears. What do you think Sister uh, Laby is going to think about this, your sister? Is it Volva? Sister uh, Volva. Sister Volva. Uh, <laughs> I love that I just always so, uh, name her after another lady part. Something know, has to do with Some, the business. Something to do with the business. Yeah, okay. Sister business. Uh, she is going to message me, send me messages as she's listening um, and psychoanalyze Various ones. Probably. But do you think she's going to like it or do you think she's going to be bored? No, I don't think she'll be bored. Okay, good. No. Um, but she's definitely going to respond with some psychoanalysis. Sure. And some judgment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let us know what you thought of this episode. You can always reach us at our email, which is hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Uh, you can talk to us on Instagram. What's our Instagram, Sister Twaint? Hot Drinks. And how do they reach us there? You go to Hot Drinks. I mean, you go to Instagram and then you search hot drinks. And then you slide into these DMs. You slide on in. And then usually Sister Twain answers you. Mm-hmm. If I answer you, I try to put a little coffee at the end of my yeah, little, uh, little been, coffee cup. You're doing so good with that. <coughs> when you slide into the DMs, guys, put some coconut oil on first, please. <laughs> Just to make it easier. I mean, I am not here for your... Uh, for the rough, for the friction. Not no. until I get to know you a little no. bit better. We want we want you to be gentle listeners, and we mean gentle with our buttholes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're also on Twitter. Do we do stuff on Twitter? I, uh, yeah. 
I mean, okay. there's stuff happening. I don't okay. know how much original content is going, but... Uh, because I deleted my Twitter. I know. And you know what I did this week? What? Deleted my porn Twitter. I don't know why. Oh, my God. Even your porn Twitter. Yeah, so, like, now when I want to look up porn, I got to, like, Google stuff. You hate yourself. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. God! If I delete my Instagram, then you know, like... That's things are scary. I mean, that's going to be bad. I remember the last time you did that and I reached out to our life coaches, Tiff and Jack. I was like, guys, I, no, I'm legitimately worried. <laughs> Brother Coffee deleted his Instagram. Something's going on. And they anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So, yeah. Anywhere else. Oh, you can also leave us an, a voice message on the Anchor app, which are always fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, if you have the Anchor app. want to thank... Um, again, gentle listener, we got a package this week. It came a couple days before my birthday. Um, and the sweetest, sweetest letter and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, handwritten letter, letter. on know. yellow legal paper. I know. No one gets a handwritten letter. That was amazing. They must be Gen X or just on the cusp of Gen X. And just, but with some tiny liquor bottles. You guys, if you live in a state where you can buy tiny li- liquor bottles, just cherish that. Just. <laughs> Just hold that precious gift in your heart. When you are having a bad day and think, I don't have anything to be grateful for, you can fuck right off. Go because you can go down bottles. to the gas, gas station and get tiny <coughs> liquor bottles. Did you... So I said previously that you could get them in Utah. They were just under the counter. That's not true. Those are like just the like half pint. Right. Like, like it's not the tiny ones. It's like a size of your hand. Yeah. It's like if you just want like... Anyway. But not but a the little... the tiny ones that like are just sh- like one Like ounce, one shot. Yeah. They're the best. They're the Anyway. Anyways, and then uh, our uh, we have some um, new friend. We have so many new friends because of this podcast. But one in particular, Cal and Naomi. Yes, dear God, I, I'm always nervous that I'm going to say their real names, but I know it's Cal and Naomi. Is their not real names? Um, and they sent a package that was supposed to arrive yesterday, and we we we're hoping it didn't get intercepted. By law enforcement. <laughs> that's all we're gonna say. That's all we're gonna say. And listen, we're not saying that we're not we're not telling you about this to say that you should send us packages. Although if you want to, oh no, you can. We're just shouting out to say. We're just thank saying you. we love we love your letters. We love your DMs. We love your messages. We love your packages. We love your the gifts you send in the mail. See, that was a joke because when I first said packages, I meant like your penises. Oh right, send right. our packages in um, the mail, uh, penis in the mail. But. Well, no, don't send those in the mail. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we just, we appreciate you all so much. And it's so fun to hear from you. And we are so glad that we're building this weird, crazy little community of angry oh. exmos who need a place to be angry. Yeah. Just and, be fucking angry. And, and we all feel validated together. Take that, Crichton McConkie. <laughs> and the Mormons. The Mormons. Anyway, that's all. Okay. Have Good a night. great week. Uh, uh, oh, and look for that Dimitas. On, if you're a Patreon, Patreon, and if you're not a Patreon, go pay three bucks, yeah. and you can, and if you pay the money, you get all the past demitas, demitasses, demitater, demitator. We'll talk about and it. And you get the vlogs. You really? I think yeah, you can get the blog. It's all on the patron site. Okay, cool. So anyway, you can get them all. You can see us making sleepy hollows, and you can see whatever our October whatever blog October is. October we don't know yet. Anyway, bye. We love you. Okay, bye.